It's Thursday the 31st of October 2019 and this is HPR episode 2934 entitled Server Basics 106 Namespace and Containers. It's hosted by Clatu and it's about 34 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Clatu talks about the unshare and LXC commands. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everybody, this is Clat2 and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is an entry into my my series that you probably thought I had abandoned called Server Basics. I think this is episode, let's say, 106... And it's going to lead into, unsurprisingly, number 107. And, and I, I mention that in tandem here because this is not the end goal. This episode is not the end goal. Like my previous series on OpenVPN, I expect there to be two distinct episodes uh, on this topic. Today's, the one that you're listening to right now, is background information. Probably not all that useful in terms of on-the-ground typing commands on the job sort of stuff, but in the next episode we'll talk about something that uh, is, is quite the opposite. It's all about what what you could expect to find yourself doing uh, if being paid to manage the thing that I'm going to be talking about. And what is that thing that we're going to be talking about? It's containers. As I was doing the initial five or six, five or six episodes of Server Basics, someone pointed out to me that a lot of what I was talking about really was very basic. So basic, in fact, that the likelihood of you getting started in a in a Unix admin, sysadmin job and finding yourself doing the things that I was talking about, like, I don't know, manually setting up firewalls and, and things like that, is actually relatively low. That's just kind of not the environment that you find these days. And I think there's that's there's a truth there that the the modern Unix sysadmin un, unless they are very specifically called a Unix sysadmin and they're they're off in their little office just maintaining machines that drive the infrastructure generally speaking that's not the job anymore. You, there, there aren't multi-user Unix systems sitting around driving an entire ecosystem itself. People aren't logging in like they used to with a, a user account and, and managing things from from their terminal. That's just not what people have set up anymore. They have some kind of fancy intranet set up and the user accounts are all maintained by the software. There's no there are no user accounts. Well there there's some user accounts, but there are no general user accounts on the server. People aren't logging in themselves to your Unix server, checking their mail with the mail command uh, and and listing files or sharing files with FTP or something like that. This just doesn't happen. So the new model being software based it just doesn't it, it it requires a different set of skills from the person maintaining the server so one of the, the major new skills out there right now that that you can expect to find when you go out to to get paid as a as an admin for a, a, a large entity 
our containers. That's where everything is at now, and I've kind of conveniently skipped over virtual machines, both in in content for Hacker Public Radio and in real life. It was a thing when I got started in tech, and it's just not a thing anymore. This was back in, I don't know, let's say, let's call it 2009. Virtual machines were driving the startup that I got started in. Everything was running on a virtual machine, and then as I continued, I found that the same was true everywhere. There were no physical machines that you would log into. Well, there there were physical machines, but there were more machines than we had physical machines when you logged into a development environment because it was all just a virtual machine. Every, every entity was a little virtual host on what you could consider more or less as an orchestrator of pretend machines. And the orchestrator, there were lots of different softwares out there to for, for an admin to sit down at their computer and, and see how many virtual machines were running and what kind of resources they were all taking and to kind of scale each one as needed. But the, that's sort of a thing of the past. You don't really find that anymore. And of course I say that and someone out there, several people out there are thinking, well, that's my day job. So I don't know how you could possibly say you don't see that anymore. Um, I'm, I, I'm meaning that you don't see that so much as an emerging sort of going forward, people aren't aren't turning to virtualization, or at least to virtual machines in that sense, and rather they are turning to this this concept called containers. Now I've covered containers before, very briefly, and and a very rudimentary uh, level because that's all I had at the time, and it was it was frankly still pretty new at the time. It was episode fifteen twenty two how to use Docker in Linux containers. You're welcome to check that, that episode out. It might give you a little bit of a, of a, an indication of, of what I'm talking about and why, but I did kind of want to cover, I wanted to, to peel some of that back and talk about what it means to use a container, how that, how that happens, and some of the basic interfaces involved. And then in the next episode I, I I'll I'll be talking about the one of the one of the few systems that you may actually encounter uh, when you walk into a job and are told you'll be managing containers for us or you'll be managing these processes that are being spun up by developers and you'll be monitoring those or whatever you might do. So, let's get started. Now, I should also make one more caveat before I do that. This has been, part of this has also been covered by me on a recent GNU World Order episode. That's GNUWorldOrder.info, and it was episode 1339. I talked about the ns-enter and unshare commands. I'm going to be doing that right now. I'm going to be repeating, really, the contents of that episode, so you can kind of probably skip ahead a little bit if you've already heard that. If you have not heard that, then this will be new information. But I wanted to repeat it here because it is kind of vital to understanding the difference, really, between a virtual machine and a container. Because there are related technologies happening here. You, it, it's the, the virtual machine is definitely unique and distinctive in itself, but there are a lot of similar things going on behind the scenes such as KVM and uh, little things like that. So, let's talk about 
namespaces on Linux. Namespaces on Linux are names are, are like namespaces everywhere else. They qualify something in context, uh, some small element in the in a larger context. So, in other words, we use namespaces in real life all the time. Really simple one. If I say I really like the Enterprise, that could mean at least two different things. One, it could mean that I'm a really big fan of Star Trek. Or, in another context, it could mean that I really enjoy using software designed for big businesses of, I don't know, a thousand plus people. Is a thousand a lot? I don't know. Ten thousand plus people. I don't know how big businesses are. But those are two valid uses of the term enterprise, at least in today's world. So to differentiate what I mean in real life, I might use what we could call a namespace. And and there's it's not official, but but I could say something like, oh, I really like the Enterprise from Star Trek. And that has served as a namespace because it's qualified what I mean by this shared term. And that's what namespaces do. They take shared resources or shared terms or something that is is global in in possible nature and it specifies exactly what it's referring to or or exactly its scope i guess would be a better way to think of it what's the scope of of this thing well here's a namespace to define that scope you you see it in programming languages as as well you'll see it in well for instance in python if you do an import of something effectively you've created a new namespace so that commands or, or rather, functions that may exist exist elsewhere are namespaced by the fact that you've just imported, I don't know, beautiful soup for as bs. Now, anytime you use bs dot something, we know exactly what the something is. That it's not, it's not a something existing in a different library or a different module. It is the one that falls under the beautiful soup namespace, or the BS namespace in a literal sense. So those are namespaces, and we see them now, rather recently, on Linux. You can see this in action yourself with a command called unshare. Unshare launches a process under a namespace other than its default. So here's a here's a quick exercise to see this in action. Fire up a terminal, and issue the command pid of tcsh, unless your default shell is tcsh, in which case uh, do something else like bash, pid of bash. Right now I'm not running tcsh, and if I do a pid of tcsh, it returns nothing at all. You, you should have tcsh uh, installed on your system. So all you've done right now is you've you've proven to yourself that you're not running some shell, and again, since I'm doing this with TCSH, that's what I'll continue to use. If you're using something else, swap the terms. So we've confirmed that TCSH is not running, but we can fix that. We can make it run, and we're going to make it run in a different namespace. So what you can do is sudo unshare dash dash fork space dash dash pid space dash dash mount dash proc tcsh. So that's sudo unshare space dash dash fork space dash dash pid space dash dash mount dash proc. 
space and then the command that you want to run. So TCSH in my in my case. When that launches, it dumps you into a new session, which is TCSH. And it seems like nothing's happened. Well, watch this. Do a PID of TCSH from this prompt. And it will return that it is PID 1. Now, if you're a long-time Linux user, you'll think to yourself, that's atrocious. PID 1 is always init. And you'd be right. For instance, if you open up a separate terminal session somewhere on your system and do a PS space 1, it will return to you that PID 1 is init. Why are you getting two different responses to the same question on your system? Well, it's because TCSH is running in its own namespace. You can kind of see this in a sort of a tangible way if you go to, if you do um, an ls of slash proc slash uh, asterisk slash ns, you'll see a bunch of namespaces listed there by by PID. It won't mean anything to you, but but those are namespaces. That That's where all of that information is being tracked. So if you do from this new session, not the TCSH session that you've launched, if you do from your 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 session that you've just done a PS space 1 in and gotten init back, you can do a PID of TCSH, and you'll get a completely different number, 26814 or 27333 or something like that. It won't be PS1, it won't be um, PID 1, in other words. And that's because this session sees the the truth of of this process that you have unshared. It sees where this process was forked from or was was is branching off of and you can see it like you know very literal way by doing a ps space tree pipe that to less search for tcsh and you'll see that yeah tcsh is running it's a child process of this other bash process which is in turn a child process of something else and you'll see it all kind of lined up there in your in your ps tree but from within that namespace, when you query your the system as to, as to what processes your system is aware of, it's only aware of 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 the TCSH process that 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 has been launched, because within its own namespace, that is the first process. That's the only process right now that exists in its own namespace. The advantage here, as you may imagine, is that if there's some process running in a namespace and you ask that process to do something to, I don't know, another process, like process 42, then as far as that namespace knows, there is no such thing as PID 42. That doesn't exist. All that exists right now is PID 1. Now, if you launch something in your TCSH namespace, then then there will be a new PID within that namespace. But the point is that within that namespace, it has limited knowledge of the system it that that it itself is running upon. Pretty fancy stuff, and this is the the basis for 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 everything that we're going to be talking about 
for the rest of this episode and certainly for the next episode. The ability to create processes on a system that are, are really not fully self-aware. As far as they know, they are the center of the universe. They are PID-1. Nothing else exists. They're running on a computer that is imaginary. And, and yet, everything that they're running on is being provided by, by something completely different. So if that sounds familiar, that's because it is. It's the basis for containers. It's the basis for Docker. It's the basis for Linux container project. It's for the basis for Kubernetes and a bunch of these other sort of cloud technologies that you hear about. So let's take this a little bit farther. And this is, again, like everything in this episode, this, this episode is purely academic. This is all stuff that you're not likely to find yourself doing if you're getting hired as a as a entry level cloud admin this is not stuff that you're going to be doing probably not even stuff you're going to be doing as a sys admin this this is kind of developery stuff that maybe you would be doing i imagine if you were coming up with some kind of new linux container technology something that you're you know you're basing your work on something uh, in a very raw state and developing up from that but there is a tool that we may as well talk about, and it's it's uh, it's called LXC, which is the uh, it's the Linux container project. You can read more about it over at linuxcontainers.org. They provide this this base system uh, called or this base command called uh, LXC. You can install it if it's not installed. Slackware comes with it pre-installed, so I don't have to install it, but you can install it. Uh, on Fedora, for instance, it would be uh, sudo dnf install lxc, and then you would probably want, uh, for instance, lxc-templates and maybe lxc-doc for documentation. But the templates is kind of important as well. On Debian and Ubuntu and so on, I think you can just do apt install lxc. Okay, so the first thing that you have to do in order for this to really work for you, just like you did for Docker in episode 1522, or not just like, but but rather similarly to what we had to do in episode 1522 with Docker, you have to create some imaginary network bridges so that you can talk to your container. Because, once again, these containers that you're creating are going to exist in this namespace where, as far as they know, they're the only thing that exists. So you need kind of a, a some kind of link from your host system to your containerized operating environment. You can do that on a modern Linux with the IP command sudo ip space link space add space br0 space type space bridge. So you've just created a, a bridge, a bridged interface that can connect your make-believe network interface on a container that you create to your real-life one um, on your on your host system. So in order for you to talk to a network interface, you need an IP address. You can choose one yourself. Um, I think in the Docker episode, if I'm, I haven't actually listened to that recently, but if, if I recall correctly, we just did that in a physical router, I think. Um, so here we can just do sudo space ip space adder 
that's ADDR as an address, space add, as in we're going to add a new IP address, and then space, I don't know, 192.168.168.168. So local private IP address that I'm choosing. I typically use that when I'm doing this sort of thing because that's a lot of easy stuff to remember. Space dev space BR0. So we're assigning that IP address to the device BR0. Make sure that it's up and running with sudo IP link set BR0 up. That's just the old if config uh, up command, but done through the IP command. So now you've got You've got a little um, pretend network bridge to, well, frankly, a, a network that doesn't doesn't work, that doesn't exist yet, but that's fine. We'll 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 fix that in a moment. So LXC um, is is a baseline technology that you'll see being used in other places. You'll you'll see it sort of either being mimicked by Docker or you'll see it being mimicked by this or that Kubernetes um, uh, uh, project. So this is kind of the generic way of dealing with Linux containers. And I keep saying Linux containers, and I guess I should probably stop and say, okay, this is what we're doing now. We're, we're, we're creating a container. And what is a container? Well, a container is like a virtual machine. So it is... It is as if though you had downloaded and installed VirtualBox or Virt Manager, and then you downloaded an ISO to some Linux distribution, and then you told your virtual machine uh, application, your your VirtualBox, your Virt Manager, that you're going to now create a computer inside your computer, and on that computer you're going to run this distribution that you just downloaded. And as we know by now, I think. Uh, in, a, in a virtual machine, the whole stack is virtualized. The computer decides through the software that you have a make-believe CPU and you have some make-believe RAM and you have some pretend hard drives. And with these make-believe pretend resources, it installs an, a, a Linux distribution and now you're running it and you can open up a little screen that shows you the desktop and and you can interact with this computer just as if though it was real a real thing but it's it's just virtualized this has been around forever at this point and and even even before then there's been virtualization so it's been around forever i think we're all pretty familiar with it a container is going to feel pretty similar to that but the thing to understand is that it's using namespaces it's doing all of this stuff through the magic of namespaces and control groups on Linux, within Linux, such that when you spin up a virtual OS, rather than virtualizing everything like the CPU and the RAM and so on, it's using your host resources and it's just running little processes in this containerized environment, in this namespaced kind of cordoned off environment so that, as far as it knows, it is its own computer. But you and I will always know that it's actually a process running on our host in its own little namespace. Okay, so in order to do that with LXC, we need to create a configuration file. And we can just call it um, my mycontainer.conf is fine. 
couple of different lines. One will be the uh, lxc.uts name, which is going to name the 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 thing that we're creating. So we're just kind of human readable. So we'll we can do that equals hacker public radio. lxc.network.type equals veth virtual ethernet. lxc.network.flags equals up. lxc.network.link equals well the 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 the, the network that we want to to be able to control this through is BR0, so that's what we'll use as the network link. lxc.network.hwaddr. You can just make something up, so equals uh, some kind of MAC address, so 4a uh, colon uh, 23 colon, I don't know, 23 colon 23 colon 23 colon 23 something like that. Uh, lxc.network.ipv4, you can just give it any IP address you want, so equals 192.168.168.1. Of course, it, I said any, but it needs to be an IP address that will, you know, on the same subnet as your as BR0. And you can also do the same thing for IPv6 if that suits you. And that would be just lxc.network.ipv6 equals, and then some made up uh, IP address. So you can save that file. Most of this stuff is is completely arbitrary. And if you're wondering how you would ever be able to duplicate that process without me t- reading off random arbitrary values to you, how you would ever remember that, don't worry. There are examples of these configuration files provided to you from LXC. So if you look in user share doc slash uh, LXC, there should be an examples directory in there, and, and it'll have a bunch of different configurations available to you. So you can just copy those, modify them as needed, and you'll have a container. Do you have a container yet? Actually, yeah, you do. You can see, you can kind of see the, I mean, you don't have an OS in your container or anything, but you can see that the container exists and that it that it's aware that it exists. So you can do sudo lxc-execute and then space dash dash name basic dash dash rc file and then the path to your mycontainer.conf I just put it in my home directory and then uh, space slash bin slash bash space dash dash log file space mycontainer.log now you're essentially inside you're running a bash shell inside your container so you can do slash user slash sbin slash ip because um, your container has no IP command itself, so you're using the host IP command. User has been IP adder show. You'll be able to see the 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 fake internet environment or, or um, Ethernet environment in the container. It'll be aware more or less of of itself, and. Uh, you can do a uname-av, and it'll say Linux, Hacker, Public Radio, uh, and then whatever kernel it is aware of, which should be your host your host kernel. Okay, so then you can do you exit to get out of your container, and now you can install an operating system inside the container. And the way to do that, probably, is to use a template. I say probably because if you haven't installed these, then they might not be on your system. It kind of depends on how your LXC has been packaged up. But if you look in slash user slash share slash LXC, there should be a templates directory there. 
and there should be a bunch of different bunch of different um, templates that you could feasibly use. So if you did an ls on slash user share lxc templates, you'd see things like, I don't know, probably lxc-alpine. That's a pretty popular one because it's apparently really small footprint and kind of specially uh, intended for for containerization. There could be probably an lxc arch linux, maybe a busybox, a CentOS, Debian, Fedora, Slackware, bunch of different ones to choose from. I'm going to use Slackware, so I'm going to do sudo. Actually, I won't use Slackware because um, I'm already running Slackware. So sudo lxc-create space dash dash name um, alpine sample. No, I'll do name. Yeah, no, I'll do name alpine and then space dash dash template uh, alpine. If you poke around in a, in a separate terminal, you can see what's really happening is probably somewhere in var slash var slash lib slash lxc slash alpine in my case whatever you're using would be different slash root fs lxc create is setting the root of your container to that directory so as far as it knows that's its root file system so i mean it's it's generally a mistake to try to find the container in 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 containers if you're looking for a literal container, it, it's kind of you're you're bound for disappointment. There's there's not really a nice and tidy kind of like this is these this is the place where all my files and processes and things live, because that's just not the structure of containers. Containers, as I've already demonstrated with Unshare, they exist in other places. The, the, in the host system, you know, in the proc directory and so on. So. It's not all consolidated as the name container would suggest, but if you were looking, I guess, for the container in the container, it would be right there. It would be in your var directory under the, in, in this case, it would be var lib lxc alpine root fs. Root fs is, as far as that namespace knows, that's slash. Alright, so now, once you've got a minimal operating system environment uh, installed, you can start your container. sudo lxc-start space dash dash name alpine space dash dash rc file space tilde mycontainer.conf. Now, unlike the unshare command, I mean, this is leveraging unshare and nsenter, and, well, this isn't nsenter, but it's leveraging all this stuff, but unlike the unshare command, that does not put you into the container. It simply starts the container. So in order to attach to the container, you're technically somewhere there in the back end, you're using nsenter, sudo lxc-attach, dash, space, space, dash, uh, uh, dash, dash, rather, uh, name, space, alpine. So now you are, you're, you're, you're entering your container now with, with lxc-attach. And then the name of the, the container, the human readable name. So once you're inside your container, you're kind of, well, you're in a very, very bare-bones system. There's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do hanging around in this empty container. Uh, what you probably will want to do is install software so that your container is serve can, can serve a purpose, can run commands. Because right now it's it's just it's the barest install of Linux possible. You can do the uname av again and get some information about about what your environment sees. It won't be all that exciting. But but once it's installed, once the OS is installed for 
for whatever value installed serves in a container, then you'll have tools to its normal, to its normal sort of, you'll have access to its normal tool set so that you can install applications, you could run, I don't know, a web server in the container or, or a WordPress instance or a development environment, whatever you wanted to run inside of that container. That's the point of containers. Okay, so in the next episode in this series, in Server Basics 106 or 7, um, I will talk about a slightly more pragmatic implementation of what I've covered here, and that is um, a system by which to to manage containers in a, a larger system. So obviously you can spin up Docker images or, or LXC images left and right yourself at home, but in the real world, when you go out into the, the big, the big systems, that's not how it's going to happen. There's going to be a system where you can look at all the containers that are running on, on, on the host. You can make sure that they are, um, that the ones that aren't being used are being spun down and the ones that are that are required are being spun up and so on. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.